Buenos dias. Welcome to another Daily Devotion. I'm your host once again, El Padre. I am so thankful for each and every one of you guys that tune in. Annette, thank you so much for just being faithful every day. Uh, thank you guys so much for the time and the effort that you are putting in to study the Word of God. I believe that it will absolutely bear fruit in your life. I know that it is doing that in mine. So here is uh, today. Uh, I don't know if you can hear the fancy sound in the background. That is my laptop because I have it open so that I can read you some things here today. Because uh, I'm at the library and I don't want to pay to print something. So uh, today's subject, uh, actually, uh, the, the, the section is Mark chapter 10, verses 1 through 34. And before we jump in, we're going to spend all of our time in the first 12 verses. So uh, the subject today is marriage. Um, and so we're, I'm going to jump in. Before we get into the, the text, and I'm going to read you some things. Uh, okay, so here we go. I'm going to eh, do something a little dangerous. All right, so this here is according to this particular article. Is It's the 12 most common reasons for divorce according to the experts. And this is put out by Women's Health. Uh, this is an article that I just pulled up. I do not read the Women's Health magazine, although uh, I probably could, I guess. Uh, communication problems is the number one reason for divorce, according to a Dr. Cohen. So then, number two, falling out of love. I don't love you anymore. Number three, there is no intimacy. Number four, it's not a partnership anymore. Number five, you weren't ready for marriage. Number six, addiction. Number seven, domestic abuse. Number eight, cheating. Number nine, lack of emotional support. Number 10, they're just done. Number 11, financial issues. Number 12, a lost sense of self. Now, we're going to go here to goodtoknow.com. And they have the top 10 reasons to divorce here. And I think that these are both, yeah, this is from 2019. And the Women's Health article was written in... 2020. So this is the 20. This article from Good to Know is a little older. Not much. Okay, top 10 reasons for divorce. And this was written by. It's just put out by goodtoknow.com. That's all it says. So here we go. Number one, an inappropriate relationship with someone else. We grew apart. Number two. Number three, we fell out of love. Number four, I stopped fancying them. Number five, one party wanted children and the other did not. 
Number six, work commitments put a strain on the relationship. Number seven, abuse of drugs or alcohol. Number eight, they wanted to relocate. Number nine, we had nothing left in common. Number 10, illness. And then here we go. This is according to divorcenet.com. And this is written by a E period A period Gjelton, legal editor. It's spelled G-J-E-L-T-E-N. So I'm not sure how you're supposed to actually say that. Uh, uh And so this is based upon, written from like a legal uh, divorce attorney's perspective. And so this is not, you know, a counselor. So here we go. Number one, lack of commitment. Number two, incompatibility or, and growing apart. Uh, and some of the subheadings under this ones are a lack of shared values, marrying too young, uh, which makes growing apart more likely, uh, sexual difficulties and religious differences. Communication problems is number three. So the religious differences is the last of number two. Uh, communication problems. This, this is actually really interesting. It says around 50% of participants in various studies cited reasons for divorce that had to do with poor communication. Like that's every other divorce. Four, extramarital affair. Uh, this actually says that one, at least one study uh, reported that 60% of the divorces were because of an extramarital affair. Uh, number five, financial incompatibility or money disagreements. In other words, like what are you gonna spend your money on? Um, and then number six, substance abuse. Uh, and then number seven, domestic abuse. And number eight, conflicts over family responsibilities. And that is the last one. So it's just eight. Um, so here we go, uh, just real quick, um, like keep in mind, uh, that as we consider these things, um, there isn't like one necessarily that's like, like it was only that reason I, I would be willing to bet that I'm not a divorce attorney, nor am I a PhD or psychologist, uh, but having talked with a great many people who've been divorced uh, and having spent a significant amount of time interviewing people, uh, spending time on the street, talking with people about uh, their issues, praying with people, um, I can say that almost always there's more than one reason. So like if you see infidelity, it really could have been like, communication like was an issue too. And it like led to uh, somebody feeling like their needs weren't being met. They're not communicating right. The next thing you know, like there's no intimacy. That was one of the things, right? Uh, then, then one party just decides, forget it, screw it. I'm going to go find intimacy. And they 
just happen to like, you know, maybe they don't even say that. Maybe they're just at work and this other party is like, you know, willing to communicate their feelings and willing to um, meet that need. And the next thing you know, there's this, you know, emotional connection that's sort of starting to take place. And then one thing leads to another. And the next thing you know, uh, they're having an affair. Uh, and so here we, like, I just want to, to clarify that while these websites are listing, like, an order, so to speak, I, I don't know that it would be fair to say that in every case, or in most cases, I think it's probably in, I think it would be fairer to say that in most cases, there's more than one reason that led to the divorce and that there's more like a primary reason um, and a secondary reason. But usually it's those secondary reasons that, that fuel that primary reason, if that makes sense. So with that being said, let's jump in and let's talk about marriage. There, for those of you who have seen Prince's Bride. Um, so it says this, he, meaning Jesus, set out from there and went to the region of Judea across from the Jordan. This is verse one. Then crowds converged on him again. And as was his custom, he taught them again. So I do want to just real quick, I want to say this because we've not done this yet. Uh, but Mark, more than the other authors, far more than the other authors, uh, authors, uh, of the gospel authors, like emphasizes this, like, like language that talks about the amount of people that are constantly around Jesus. Um, if, if you're not careful, you can read the gospel and think there's a time that he feeds the 5,000, the time that he feeds the 4,000. Uh, and then for the most part, maybe he just had like a couple hundred people around him. Like you need to understand, uh, Mark does a great job of painting this picture. There are a lot of people all the time. Uh, they're like so much so that they have to like take a nap in a boat crossing a lake because that's the only way that they can get alone. Uh, and even then the crowd like is following them around. And, and he's using this word, the crowds converged on him. In other words, there's like multiple crowds of people. Uh, but there's, there's crowds. So at least two, right? Different crowds of 10 people coming together, if not significantly more than that. Um, we, we see that there is, uh, based on like multiple occasions, almost every chapter, there's calling the crowd. Uh, you just see this like constant language where like there is, oh, yeah, verse, verse, uh, chapter eight, verse one, crowd. Uh, it's, uh, verse 14 in ver uh, chapter seven, summoning the crowd again. Like there's, there's people everywhere. And I want people to understand that like, uh, the one story where like there's so many people that they can't even fit into the house. This is because like, People were following Jesus like crazy. Uh, now, granted, it probably varied quite a bit city to city, but even when he's in his own hometown, there's a lot of people there. Uh, and I just want you to understand that there is a, a hunger and a desire for Jesus. There's also a controversy that is causing people to follow him. And so 
I, I just wanted to, this is, this is an absolute side note to today's topic, but I wanted to point that out just real quick. Uh, so where was I? He taught them. Some Pharisees came to test him asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And he replied to them, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. But Jesus told them, he wrote this command for you because of the hardness of your heart. So if you take notes, number one, the, the first thing I want you to write down is I want you to draw a picture of a heart. Uh, a hard heart. I, if you can, maybe draw it in, in the color gray because like it kind of gives it more of like a metallic, uh, I don't know, unless you have a metal looking color. Um, but it, it's this idea that the reason divorce was permitted by Moses in the first place was because their hearts were hard. Uh, now, I understand that there are going to be people here that are going to be like really uptight about this. Please, 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 please just calm down and let's let's take in the text and see what Jesus is pointing out. And then we'll dive into the other stuff later. Uh, so Jesus is saying that at the formation of the institution of marriage, which is created by who? God, not the government. Uh, so God is the one who puts people together. God is the one that melts the marriage together. Uh, God conducts the marriage between Adam and Eve. Uh, God is the one who... Uh, I, there was one time somebody asked me, you know, if two people love each other, they're committed to each other, and they start sleeping together before they go through any kind of marriage ceremony... Uh, isn't that the same thing as what Adam and Eve did? And the answer would be no. Like, like Genesis, the Genesis account, uh, it says that they were married. So, like, I, I just want to point this out. Like, even though it doesn't give, like, the details of the ceremony, that doesn't mean they weren't married. And so, the, the thing is that it takes multiple parties, right? Like, two people that want to get married and they have to have a witness, which is in Adam and Eve's case, it's God. And so Jesus is using Adam and Eve as an example, not just because, like, not because they have the best marriage, but because this is how God started things off. This is his intention. This is what he wants. This is what he calls good. And so he's saying, he wrote this because of the hardness of your hearts, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. So those of you uh, who you know, are looking for reasons to get upset, here you go. Uh, like God from the beginning made male and female. He did not make, um, m like there's not multiple genders, guys. There's two. Um, it has to do with biology. Uh, now, granted, we all recognize that there are, are uh, what do you call it? Uh, in, in the same way that God made Adam and Eve, with two arms and two legs, we also recognize that there are people who are born with only one arm, right? Like, like we recognize that there are genetic uh, issues that take place. I can't remember the fancy term for it, but there are genetic things that take place that cause deformities, that cause uh, things to not be the way that God intended. And the reason that is, is because of sin. Uh, and so here we go. God made them male and female. For this reason, man will leave his father and mother 
and the two will become one flesh. We talked about this back when we were talking about the book of, I want to say Micah, but I think it's Malachi. Malachi, uh, where, uh, where the Bible actually says that God is a part of this marriage and he ties your spirits together through the marriage. Uh, and this, uh, this is why in 1 Corinthians, when he's talking about how uh, the sexual sin in particular is, is a unique sin because it actually is, it's a physical act, but it also has a spiritual and emotional uh, side to it. Uh, not all the other sins do. Like, and not only that, it affects someone else. And so um, if you overeat, it doesn't affect anybody around you outside of the fact that they have to look at you do it, right? You know, and that's only if you're doing it in public, you can do it privately. Uh, you can have private sexual sin, but even then, like it, it's affecting more than just your body. Uh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Now, I want I want to point this out because this is what I believe that Jesus is emphasizing. Uh, the reason divorce is permitted in the first place is because of the hardness of their hearts. And then two, he's, Jesus is saying, what God has brought together, let no one separate. Uh, before you try to come up with fancy reasons why you're allowed to get divorced, I want you to understand that the heart of God, the heart of Jesus, is that you do not tear apart what God has brought together, that your marriage is important, that your marriage is a covenant that is before God, that involves God, that the way it was created in the first place was because of this covenant. Uh, and God takes that covenant seriously. In fact, in, in Malachi, that's that's what he's saying is that like I was standing there, like I w I was a part of this vow that you took. And so Jesus is saying, what God has brought together, let no man separate. Don't let a single person get in between that. Guard that marriage with your life, uh, and you do. Like, think about it like this. If if instead of, like, figuring out ways to get out of marriage, like, yeah, but what about this and what about that? Look look at it this way, because this is the way that I think Jesus is wanting us to look at it, is look for reasons to guard that marriage. Let no one separate it. Don't let your finances get in the way. Don't let your... Let, let's, let's, let's look real quick. Where, where uh, the women's health, where it says uh, communication problems. Don't let those communications get in the problem or get in the way of your marriage. Uh, don't let falling out of love, like be intentional. Go back over the reasons why you got together in the first place. Not only that, romanticize each other. Look, it's a, it, there are two people to every marriage, but a marriage is supposed to involve two, right? According to Jesus, one man, one woman, that's what forms a biblical marriage. Don't, don't think that it has to be on the other party. Each one of you. Now, I do believe that man is primarily responsible, but both, like, it doesn't, like, it, it's not anything for a guy to go home and to make dinner, make a fancy dinner, put his kids to bed, and, and make it, you know, where you have this nice little date at home. It, it's also nothing for a woman to say, oh, look, I'm going to call a babysitter. And we're going to have an at-home date. And we're just going to get to know each other. And we're going to fall in love with each other again. And you take actions to romanticize each other. Like, don't let anybody separate that. There's no intimacy. Don't let a lack of intimacy separate you. Make it intimate again. Fight for that bad boy. 
fight for that marriage to be strong and thorough. It's not a partnership anymore. Work together, dang it. Get, get in there and work together. Fight for this thing. Make it work. Work hard to make it work. Yeah, there's gonna be, there's gonna be hard things in there. Addiction. Look, like, you're gonna have to draw the lines with each other. Some, you know, if one, only one, oftentimes it's multiple spouses, but here's the thing. Like, fight for each other. Dude, you've got to get off that. Help them get help. Figure out ways to help each other get out, get out of their addictions. Domestic abuse. Who, whoever one of you is beating on the other, stop it. <laughs> Deal with your anger in a different way. Figure out what's going on inside of you. Uh, oftentimes there's sin that's festering and that's, it's just coming out because you're a rage monster. Why are you a rage monster? Because oftentimes, because you're operating from a place of bitterness and resentment and lack of uh, self-control, uh, you do not love the person that you're beating. You love yourself. You're just angry. Sometimes you're just angry and hurt. But let me tell you that just if you have an abusive spouse, like God can still work through this. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't precautions that you need to put in place. I highly recommend that you still seek a counselor and stuff like because there, there are a lot of ways, I think, that you can work this out. But don't quit on the person. Uh, cheating. Uh, even that, look, people like Jesus in Matthew gives us that, uh, you know, for infidelity, for cheating, that they're like, you're allowed to get divorced in that sense because of adultery. But look, he's not saying it like, okay, well, they got an affair now, just automatically go get a divorce. What he's saying is, let no one separate this thing. Get in there, forgive the person, work with the person, learn to trust again, work it out. Now, that may mean that you have to be hard on each other for a little bit. It may mean you're gonna have to draw healthy boundaries, but let's let's work it out. Let no one separate financial issues. Don't let your inability to communicate about money get in between there. Figure it out, communicate about the money. Sit down and have a hard conversation and talk about it. Uh, let's see, wanting to relocate. This was on good to know. Like people are getting divorced because one person wants to move. Come on, guys, work together. Uh, I Let no one separate it. And that means you both are going to have to figure out how to die to self. Why? Because that's what a marriage looks like. The, the point of a, a marriage, I believe, in Christianity. Now, understand, if you're not saved, if you're not a Christian, do whatever you want because you're already living in sin. Does that make sense? Uh... We're not holding non-Christians to this standard. Uh, although I do think it would be wise for them to. Uh, I think it would be better for them. I think they will be more blessed in the long run if they did. But here's the thing that we need to understand is that Jesus closes this out with this because the disciples are confused. Um, and he says, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And then he says it reverse. If she divorces the husband and she, and marries another, she commits adultery. That the, the remarriage of someone else is the part that is committing adultery. Now, I do think that, uh, you can find enough scripture to back up the reality that somebody who was cheated on and ended up getting a divorce, even though they tried to save it, 
that they uh, then got remarried to someone else later, that there's there's room for that, there's grace for that. But um, the other side of that is, is look, like I fully recognize a lot of people prior to their salvation already committed adultery by getting a divorce and remarriage. Uh, listen, like Jesus says uh, <laughs> earlier in the book of Mark, look, whatever sin you commit, you can be forgiven for. Uh, so if you've messed up, let's let's just ask for forgiveness, uh, and let's do our best to start off fresh. Um, this doesn't have to become this giant um, crippling problem. If you've messed up, if you've been divorced, if you've cheated, if you've not communicated well with your spouse, if you've done lots of things that have made your spouse want to cheat, listen, uh, or maybe leave the marriage, or quit, or give up on each other. Just Listen, let's let's all do this. I think that I have I have one word for you. Two words. I just said I have two words for you. And I think that this will dramatically change the way that you think about this. Humility and service. It is my opinion that the reason why all of these lists exist is because ultimately people had the mind or the opinion that my partner is not meeting my needs that I deserve to have met. And the Bible tells them to meet my needs and they're not doing it. So therefore I should go off and get divorced. This, this is not excusing by any means. Like Jesus here is not saying um, it's okay to beat your spouse. It's okay to have bad communication. It's okay to not plan your finances well. That's not at all the case. Please don't make it into that because it's not what it is. This is not a justification for a spouse beating, okay? Like this is this is saying, if you're a spouse beater, stop it, repent. Get right with the Lord, get right with your wife, apologize, make it right, and stop doing it. Transform your mind, transform your heart, and let's get going. Like, let's, let's submit ourselves to God, let's humble ourselves to God, and then humble ourselves and serve our spouse. If my heart... And my mind is to serve my partner. You better believe that it's going to help. Because the reason why, like, I think, like, one, one of the things that were there was saying that we have different goals, right? Like, like, oh, I'm going this way and I'm going that way. Why? Because working together to go into the same direction isn't possible. Do you not value your marriage? Do you not value the covenant that you made? Listen, I, I do think the one thing that we can do better as a culture, because keep in mind, at the time that Jesus is saying this, most marriages were arranged. And there are times when I wish we would go back to that in, in many ways. Uh, but most people are really bad at picking partners. Um <laughs> Uh, we've got to do a good job of vetting those things. A lot of the, the problems that were here, uh, that were listed, or a lot of those can be dealt with ahead of time through counseling, premarital counseling, through um, one of the things that, that I, when I was youth pastoring, I used to counsel people with, and I've, I've done a lot of this even since then, is create a list. If you're not married, create a list of things that are non-negotiable. Uh, if you're a Christian, they have to be saved. Does that mean that somebody can't 
like do what they call missionary marrying where like you marry a non-christian and hope they get saved you could but i, I will tell you it'll bring you a lot of heartache just help them get saved before you get married um and make sure it's authentic and real not just convert so that you can get married and then you still live like a pagan or live like someone else like um so <laughs> this video has gotten really long so needless to say i wanted to emphasize what mark emphasizes now clearly there are some other reasons which we've talked about in our other marriage video that we had in matthew we've talked about it in our video on the book of malachi check those out if you're interested uh, in the fuller stance that we have as a church and what the Bible has. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. A couple of reminders before we go. Uh, a couple things. Number one, uh, Fire Within Podcast. Check that out. It's on any of the listening options. Uh, that's more of an evangelistic tool so that you can learn how to better share the gospel in your community, in your context. It, it has some practical advice on there. Uh, also, the... Um, you can get Fire Within, the book, uh, at um, notyouraveragedevotional.com. You can check it out on Amazon, Fire Within by Jesse Eisenhower. That's an evangelistic devotional. Uh, it's 31 stories of the Bible. Uh, I highly encourage you to check it out um, as if you don't need another devotional. <laughs> but it'll help you to share the gospel. Uh, and so there, that's available. Check that out. It's like less than $10 on Amazon right now. Uh, and then also we have a new book coming out. I have a new book coming out uh, called A Letter to the Fatherless. It will be available one chapter at a time on Kindle Vela starting sometime, hopefully the first week of March, uh, where we're going to release one chapter at a time. And then when the, all the chapters are finished, we will release a printed version that will be available for people to have a hard copy in their hands. Uh, also, there is a Letter to the Fatherless podcast that I highly encourage you to go check out. Subscribe to all of those things so that you can be notified whenever the videos are coming out. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this channel. Uh, and you are welcome to click the little bell so that you can be alerted when our videos come out. Also, there is a link in the description. I highly recommend that you... Uh, support what we're doing if you love it. Uh, if you want to, to keep continuing, if you want to uh, further the gospel in Whitley County, if you want to further the ministry of this YouTube channel, please help us by supporting it through the link in the description. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you soon, like tomorrow. Peace out.